I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Just saw you like not so long ago. <laughs> yep, not not very long at all. Probably less than an hour ago. Yeah, we much. had some friends in town and we had a nice dinner with them. I ate some really spicy noodles and I will not be making that same mistake twice, but... Yeah. It was delicious, just very, I was suffering a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the, the spicy noodles that you had, had not one, not two, not three, but four flaming fire signs next to it. The one that I got had one. So <laughs> I, I, I made what sure. I was thinking. I made sure to grab that. I was like, ooh, that, lo- that one looks too hot. I'll, I'll go with the first option. <laughs> but not, not only you, but also our friend Danny Romero, who's been on the show, also got what you got. Except in, in ramen form versus udon. Yeah. Did I say that right? Udon. Yeah. Udon. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was a mistake on your end. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, a lot of people feel like this last movie here that we're about to review was a mistake as well. <laughs> but before we talk about it, yeah. if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Give us five stars. Let us know that you love us. But yes, more importantly, five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Today we're going to talk about what they are calling the conclusion of the Jurassic Saga, and that is Jurassic World Dominion, uh, the brand new film. That just came out this weekend. Jessica, let us know what this movie's about. The IMDb synopsis reads, Four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar, dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in a new era. In a new era, indeed. So this movie is directed by Colin Trevorrow. I believe he's he done all three. directed the first one. Oh, he directed the first, but not the second. The right? second one was J.A. Bayona. Ah, that's right. So he's back to yeah. conclude the saga. Also writing, well, co-writing. The co-writing movie. the movie along with Emily Carmichael and Derek Connolly, the mm-hmm. story by him. Uh, some familiar faces, not only of recent years, but of also yesteryear as well, because we have Chris Pratt reprising his role as Owen Grady, Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering, and then we got some old faces, some familiar faces in this movie. Sam Neill reprises his role as Alan Grant, Laura Dern is back as Ellie Sadler, and Jeff Goldblum is back as Ian Ian Malcolm. (laughs) Now, uh, rounding out the cast, we have uh, Justice Smith, uh, Isabella Sermon, uh, Dewanda Wise, Mamudo Althi. I think. Plays, well, I don't. I'm. I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, okay. Campbell Scott, and then B.D. Wong. Yep. Reprising his role as Doctor Wu. Uh, Jessica, did this movie do well at the box office? I would say so. It had a $145 million domestic opening, which is on par with Maverick, which also did Gangbusters a couple of weeks ago. And then worldwide, it made almost $300 million. Yeah, pretty strong opening. Yeah, pretty Yeah, I, I think they were expecting uh, somewhere in the 125 for opening, so it did better than they even anticipated. Now, just because it made a lot of money doesn't mean people liked it. Jessica, what did critics think about this movie? The critic score is 30%. And the audience score is leaps and bounds above it at 79%. Yeah, that's a difference. Yeah, huge difference. The critics consensus reads Jurassic World Dominion might be a bit of an improvement over its immediate predecessors in some respects. But this franchise has lumbered a long way down from its classic start. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so... We, we definitely should get into this. 
as a movie. This movie's been uh, kind of trashed a lot online by critics. I uh, haven't read a lot of the critique on this movie. I've actually kind of just been in a bubble. Yeah, I, I will say like some uh, someone, uh, Scott Weintribe, who uh, is a film critic, uh, and I can uh, pull up his information in just a bit, but uh, he is a movie critic and he tweeted out something along the lines of, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Which, I don't know, that seems like a lot. I don't yeah. know if it's necessary to say that this is one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Um, because I, I don't it takes think a lot for it takes it a to, lot. Yeah. Yeah. For like it to be to the say, worst movie you've ever seen. I mean, is it really? I don't think it is. Jessica, what, what were your thoughts on just Jurassic World Dominion? My expectations were on the floor. It didn't really have to do much to improve from Fallen Kingdom, which I found disgraceful to the franchise. And this is, we covered this in our Jurassic Talk last week. You can scroll back in your podcast feed to listen to that. But I don't feel this is a strong franchise to begin with. The sequels after Jurassic Park were pretty bad. And now Jurassic World kind of gave everyone that shot of excitement because they thought, oh, like Jurassic World wasn't that bad. Fallen Kingdom comes along terrible. And now this movie came along and I would say that it's an improvement from Fallen Kingdom, but I would also say it's on par with Jurassic World, which I wasn't a huge fan of. I have major qualms with Jurassic World. I think they did a, a few smart things that we can get into in spoiler section, but I feel like they inserted a little more of the thriller aspect. Mm-hmm back into the franchise with this movie. Yeah. Which is really important because I feel like they also balanced it out with a little more awe and wonder and spectacle, which was largely missing from the sequels, like period. Every sequel. Every sequel. So they tried to bring back some of that feeling into the movie. And I think they succeeded largely. And there were definitely some moments where I was scared and I was like, oh my God, they actually got me. And there were some moments where I was like, wow, I think the dinosaurs look pretty good. I think that's a positive as well as that the dinosaurs look. I mean, they're not as good as Jurassic Park, <laughs> which is saying something, right? Yeah, a movie that's but almost 30 years old. A movie that's almost 30 years old has better dinosaurs and animatronics and the CGI is just blended pretty well. Um, this movie is doing a better job of it and they're bringing back more animatronics and... The CGI just looks a little bit, a touch better than the previous Jurassic World movies. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the sense that this movie does feel a little more scary mm-hmm. than some of its predecessors. One of my complaints, though, does feel like most of the characters never truly feel like they're in danger uh, in this movie. They I- drastically lowered the body count. In this yeah. movie, which I appreciate because I feel like it was getting out of hand for the previous movies. It was just like free for all people dying in like gratuitous ways. Right. We talked about that on we, our last which episode. We talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like where people would just die in the most gruesome ways for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of a sense of like we went ahead and we're making a sequel. So we have to make things bigger and badder and more, you know, of a death count and everything. But. This movie kind of pulls back on that. and It pulls like, back on that, and there's no way that they're going to kill people that, you know, are main yeah, characters. main so characters. I feel like in that respect, it has no teeth. Right. There's no, like, skin in the game as far as stakes are concerned. But at the same time, I really appreciate that they didn't just, like, bombard you with, with dinosaurs eating people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's, you know... Um, I don't and think yeah, it was I necessary. Mm-hmm, I don't think it was necessary. I think it kind of pulled back on some of the preachiness, but it was still very much an environmental, you know, agenda in the movie, which is fine. Um, it did it better than the previous Jurassic Worlds, I would say, and even better than probably the other, like Jurassic Park sequels. Mm-hmm. Lost but, World and Part Three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately, I I'm not. I liked it. Like, again, it's, it's like, fine. Perfectly right. adequate. 
Exactly. Is it the best sequel I've ever seen? Absolutely not. Does it warrant 30% critic score? I don't think so. Does it warrant an almost 80% audience score? I don't think so. I think it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I I think you can look at a movie like this and say this is kind of the prototypical box office summer movie, mm. like the blockbuster type of movie. Just go in. You know, shut off your brain, just have fun or get scared Mm -hmm. watching dinosaurs, people running around, you know, being put into these precarious situations. How are they going to make it out? You know, it's it's a simple summer blockbuster. They hit you with the nostalgia as well. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of uh, fan service. If you can catch everything. I mean, it felt a little bit like Force Awakens in the respect that it's Mm. kind of derivative of. So the previous movies in the franchise. Yeah. It's trying to like bring you back in with what you loved about the other movies. Yeah. And if, you, it, if you loved all the other movies. <laughs> if you love all the other movies, it, it really ties in together with mm-hmm, itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. again, you can't look at it and say it's not another cash grab because these movies. No, it is a cash like Right. <laughs> no exactly. Doubt. They are. And so. You know, you look at them and it's like the only reason why they're making them is because they make so much money. You know, it's kind of harsh for me to say this, but I feel like the thesis of the the book, right, and the original movie is that we're not respecting nature and we're selling it. Yeah. You want to, you know, slap it on a plastic lunchbox and you want to sell it. Like that's the Ian Malcolm line in the original. And Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, those two trilogies have largely gone that route. And they have slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and sold it multiple times, repackaged it and sold it again. And it is kind of, well, not kind of, it is absolutely diluted and it's absolutely missing the point of its own like sermon. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I think if you want to view it a different way, Mm. is that the characters and the world of these movies do not heed the caution that Mm -hmm. Ian Malcolm set in the original movie Mm -hmm. that they just decided to blow past any type of safety or any type of messaging that he was trying to say with his, you know, almost preachiness that he, he gives that monologue that he gives at the table. They blow past it Mm -hmm. because they are so interested in the, corporate nature of greed so it can be but then it is it is greedy like when you you look at it from the movie side if you're an audience member it's pure greed if because you know there's jurassic world roller coasters and then there's (laughs) like an entire section of a theme park and you know then they have the tie-in like for example um like jimmy fallon from you know, the Tonight Show is part of NBC, uh, NBC Universal, who makes the movies, Universal. Mm-hmm. And then there's the obvious corporate synergy. So you can view it as as cynical as you want as seeing, you know, just a corporation milk an intellectual property for everything that it has. But in the intellectual property is smarter than, you know, what I'm yeah. saying? What yeah, I'm trying the, to say. the intellectual property is smarter than what... It has been treated the way yes. it's been treated. Yeah. So it, it's so funny seeing that warning that mm-hmm. was placed in the first movie. And then in real life, it basically was just blown past it. Yeah. Just the same way, like in the movie world, it was blown past it too. So Okay, all this to say, like, what, what did you think about the movie? Because I've said my thoughts. I thought that this movie is perfectly fine. Like okay, this yeah, is, we're on the same page. <laughs> this is a summer action movie that uh, that gives you what you want in a summer action movie. Not something too deep or philosophical, even though they try to be throughout the movie and in certain things that they try to say about the way corporations, you know, are destroying nature and the collapse <laughs> and fam and all that. So. You know, it's trying to be deep, but at the same time, you know, you're there to see dinosaurs. You're there Mm -hmm. to see people trying to escape the dinosaurs and, you know, how is it going to happen? And so going into (laughs) it, my question was, how do humans and dinosaurs interact now that 
the last movie introduced the full concept of, okay, dinosaurs are now out in the world. So how do we get more interaction? And I thought it was like an interesting way of showing it. Like they go, you know, to a cattle ranch, but it's not cattle. It's, you know, these uh, (laughs) dinosaurs that they're trying to wrangle. Right. You know, and, you know, going off of the, you know, the outskirts of Alaska and then there's that giant sea monster from Jurassic World that's roaming around in the ocean. You know, like little things like that is like what I wanted to see. I wanted to see that interaction of that nature, you know, versus humanity. Uh, And then we get into the whole plot of the movie and like what they're (laughs) trying to do. Like I found it to be not very interesting, like how they were getting there. Right. You know, and we'll talk about how, what we mean by that. But, you know, it was cool seeing, you know, the gang back together, all three original people working together and then them joining in with the new team, the new, you know, the new class, you know, so it was fun. It was fun seeing it. So I am not going to say that I hated the movie. I didn't hate it. I know, not by any stretch. I didn't. uh, It's not the worst movie I've seen this year. Like this year, I've seen some, you know, some pretty bad movies already and it doesn't fall that far down. But then again, I'm not going to say that it's one of my like 10 favorite movies of the year. It's not. It's it's somewhere in the middle, yeah. somewhere in the middle, probably lower end. But still, um, <laughs> again, if if you want to have just a good time, just like you like dinosaurs, this is a movie for you, you know? Yeah. If you like the old cast. This is a movie for you. There's enough mm. of them in this movie. Like Absolutely. It's, it's not like they get short change and no. like they're only in like a scene or two. No, no. They're pivotal in the movie. Uh, if you like the new crew of Chris Pratt and Claire, um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, then yeah, you're, you'll like this movie. So, again, I don't get the hate of like – because I've seen it online. Like you see like, oh, this is a disaster and all this and that. And it's like, well, this, this franchise – this franchise has been in disaster mode for a long time. One hundred percent. But people keep showing up, so yeah, yeah. You know, so don't. I mean, a hundred and forty-five million dollars in three days. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. That's challenge. why they keep making these movies. Exactly, they keep making it because of that. Now, I want to talk about the characters themselves. Like, what do you think of their performances? So, let's talk about the original crew. Like, we okay. could talk about them as a unit, and if you want to. Yeah. Talk about them individually. Uh, what do you think about their incorporation into the movie? I think seeing them again made me appreciate like what they were actually doing in the original movie because mm-hmm. I've since seen like Sam Neill in a couple other things, Laura Dern in a bunch of other things. Jeff Goldblum is is basically Ian Malcolm. Like that's his like real like yeah, way that really, he speaks yeah, and he, like all that stuff. Yeah, that is him. But as far as Sam Neill and Laura Dern actually doing a performance, like they I was like, oh, he's doing like mannerisms that I've never seen him do in other roles. And I was seeing Laura Dern and she was like very like clicked in to Mm -hmm. Ellie Sattler. And it was very impactful for me to see them again and to appreciate them more for what they were doing. Because I kind of feel like I took not took it for granted, but it's like Bible to me, like Jurassic Park. The movie is like Bible to me. And I know I'm backwards and forwards and like to see something new from them. And to them, for them to work off a new script, it was just like, oh, I see, like what, what their performance was actually, if that makes I, any sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. They they brought something new to the table, uh, in these characters, mm. characters who, over time, they you felt know, lived in. Yes, like, for, you know what I'm go. saying. Yeah, they felt lived in. They felt yeah. like they had grown, mm. you know, from that time that we saw them all the way back in 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was great. And then, you know, Malcolm being Malcolm, just, you know, his mannerisms. Still in, the, still in the leather jacket. Still in the leather jacket. Still with still. the, like, pro, what are, the sunglasses, but they're not sunglasses. They're, like, just, like, tinted. They're tinted glasses like, now. Yeah, the like, tinted glasses. So, like, when he goes outside, they tint and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, he's he's a man of the times. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so it was great seeing them. They're, they work so well together. And then on the other side, we have, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, you know, reprising their roles. 
Uh, Chris Pratt, again, I still have this problem where they took away his greatest strength in these movies to, you know, make him just like the, I'm the everyday hero type of thing. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of just, you know, there's room for that character to be funny, but like they never give him a chance to be. They just want him to be like cool looking, like holding like a good pose action guy. Okay, so let's pause here. Like, who would you cast instead of Chris Pratt as Owen Grady? Do you have like another? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's like we should have cast someone else. It seems like they really want him to be just like a cool Indiana Jones facsimile. Yeah, I just don't know if it works that well for him. Because I want more from my lead character. Like, if he's going to be my lead, I want someone who is captivating. Someone who I can, like, appreciate and really enjoy Mm -hmm. and follow along for the ride. You want him to be more like, you know, mummy Brendan Fraser versus... Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. I want a little more of that in the character. Mm -hmm. Because this franchise, the way they have positioned it is supposed to be more (laughs) yeah they've positioned it very seriously and we're talking about dinosaurs you know so right right there should be a little more fun in it like sure there's like scary stuff and like scary monsters and whatever but they really treat it like very seriously and we're missing the dodge we got dodge here like we're we're missing like those little quirks you know, little fun Jeff little bit. Jeff Goldblum with his shirt open. Yeah. Randomly. Or even him just talking and just like his little chuckle like, <laughs> you know, like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's um, somebody made like an edit of that. And that's why yeah. I started busting out laughing. But the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like those little laugh things, like little things like that. Like, I don't think we ever. Where's Mr. DNA? You know, like we're not when, getting like. Have we ever gotten a line? That is quite as funny as like, now that's a big pile of shit. Like, has there <laughs> ever pile of shit? Like, has there ever been a line that's funny like that in the rest of the movies? Um, like, it I doesn't feel don't like think it. So no, like because they kind of like come off as like, oh, we're doing something very important and blah blah. We're blah. missing the dino droppings, droppings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's still you know a problem. But with that said, are they heavy? And they're expensive. Put them back. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that said, though, I think that they they bring in a fine performance. They know what they're doing with these characters. So like they they also feel, you know, pretty of this world, like very, you know, entrenched in this world. So props to them for doing that. Uh, then there was uh, there was the girl who plays mm-hmm. yes, uh, Isabella Maisie, Sermon. Yes, plays Maisie Woodlock. Lockwood, sorry. And she Woodlock. was introduced. <laughs> yeah, I know. She was introduced in Fallen Kingdom. Uh-huh. And she is the one, uh, not really a spoiler for Fallen she's Kingdom, but she's a clone. Yeah. And they touch more on that in this movie. They beef up. Well, they retcon stuff. Yeah, they retcon stuff a bit. More stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I found it to be somewhat interesting. Like, um, at the same time, I found it a little laughable on, it is on laughable. how they got to yeah, there. Yeah. So her plot line is, you know, kind of weird in the way they present it and how they're trying to retcon stuff and and all that. So, but overall, she has an identity crisis. Yeah. Like, do I care? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we did get a new character that does join the ride for quite a bit of it, and it's Kayla Watts, who is played by DeWanda Wise. And I thought she was a nice inclusion into the movie. Like she did have herself had a couple one-liners here and there uh, to try to like. My crowd was a bit hot. Like, yeah, you told me that your crowd was yeah, hot. Yeah, our crowd, you know, was eating stuff up. They were they were getting scared with some of the moments in the movie. They were laughing at some of the lines. I was laughing. You know? Like, my crowd wasn't hot, but me and my sis were were the hot crowd. Like, we were you laughing were the hot crowd. <laughs> in parts that weren't funny and were ah. just, you know, making fun of certain mannerisms that people were doing, um, like B.D. Wong at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, just, I think she was a nice inclusion. 
I am on the fence about DeWanda Wise's um, Kayla Watts because they kind of made it seem like her character was possibly bad or had some sort of mysterious like reason for agreeing agreeing to be part of their crew and help them out and that was not the case she was just like a good-hearted person yeah <laughs> and it's like she, she had seen too much bad put stuff herself and... in harm's way repeatedly for this people that she never knew so it was just a bit of a convenient plot device yeah it was it was convenient for her to be uh, where they needed her to be with the other characters. So the franchise, supposedly, this is like a conclusion Bullshit. to this. There's yeah. no way. I, there's no way, right? There's no way. I don't no know way. where you go, but there's no way that you can end this unless you do a reboot. Unless you... <gasps> I know, right? Oh I spoke. Gosh. I spoke the. I spoke the R word. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know where else you take this story or where you take the characters into an interesting place. I don't think you can. So, yeah, that's the only thing I could think of is, like, you kind of, like, put on a shelf. Or you do, like, a spinoff. Like, where... Oh, yeah, you could do, like, a Fear the Walking Dead situation. Yeah, like, in this part of the world, we have, like, these, you know, dinosaurs. Right. And stuff like that. So, maybe, maybe they go down that route. So... Do you want to talk about anything else before we get into spoilers? No, we can give our scores and get into spoilers. Let's give our scores. Jessica, what did you give this as a grade? I gave it a C plus. C plus? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That seems like a decent score because I'm pretty much right with you at a C. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, inoffensive. It's a passing grade. You know, you know, C's get degrees, man. And in this case, <laughs> C's make money at the box office, so yep. people show up. So uh, C plus from Jessica, C from me. So right after this, we are going to discuss some spoilers for Jurassic World Dominion. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right so let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for jurassic world dominion there's so many plot lines but let's start with some the giant locusts giant locusts yeah (laughs) that's that's the way to start this movie um okay so the giant locusts i think is terrifying it is terrifying in theory absolutely it is it It, totally is when they show them, like, the kids running away from them. From yeah, you're just like, oh, my locusts. God. <laughs> Oof. But with that said, though, like, that being the driving force to finding the the yeah. DNA needed to, first off, stop these giant locusts from eating crops. Because they're genetically modified giant locusts with, yes. like, prehistoric DNA in them. Yes. And it calls attention to Laura Dern's research. Who is She's investigating the decimation of crops because she's obviously a paleobotanist. So it's kind of within her wheelhouse because it deals with plants. And then it's going to cause like a worldwide famine because they just won't die. They keep eating. They're ravenous and they're aggressive yep. and whatever. So it leads them to... I forget what the name of the company is, but it's Dodgson. Biosyn. Dodgson is back. Dodgson's back, yes. <laughs> Dodson. We got yeah, Dodson. Dodson here. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's back. It's Biosyn, Biosyn is the name of the company. Uh, this is the company that is uh, like the leader in like the dis- – not Discovery, sorry, the – working with dinosaurs ever since they've been released out into the actual world. Yes, they're applying what they're learning about the dinosaurs and their genetic code to worldwide real-life applications. And that's all fine and dandy, except, like, it's not. (laughs) We learn that they are manipulating these locusts to not only, you know, they're they're out there eating the crops and everything, but they're not eating the biosyn crops, the biosyn yes. seeds. So they are genetically trying to manipulate the world food source this so company is. So that their 
product will be the only seed that people can grow without fear of these locusts. That is just dastardly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then again, you're like, what is this? This is so complex. Why is he making a world worldwide famine? Right. Like he's okay with like decimating millions of people. Yeah, he totally is. Totally but again, it. it's like, it's to be able to gain money, even so, though like he's always like, it's not about the money. Yeah, he's like, you it's know? not about the money, but he's like, has to be a capitalist in order to be doing yeah, this. Of course. Anyway, um, I did not understand Dodgson's character because it seemed like there was something up with Dodgson. Like he was like skittish. He was eat- he was like always hungry. He was like, hey, you got one of my bars on you, like begging, trying to like get food all the time off of his own employees. And he's like, can't finish a sentence is bizarre, bizarre he mannerisms. is an eccentric is one way to I describe him. I thought that he had altered his DNA as well. And yeah. that the reason why he was giving B.D. Wong all of this homework was so that he could find some sort of workaround or cure for whatever the hell he did to himself. Like a Jekyll yeah, and Hyde situation. Like, I need a wasn't cure. Wasn't the case? Wasn't the case at all. That was just nope. him natural. <laughs> yeah, just him. He's an eccentric. I hated I it. I thought there was something else. It was a weird That thing. it was like it a was... selfish, not just selfish for money, but selfish for like my own health, you know? Right. I want to live longer and what have you. I need to find a cure you. for my thing. A cure for my, I don't even know. Like I was just making nope. up a story in my no, head. No, no, he, uh, he was just weird. Weird dude. That's, <sighs> hated it. That's just, I wanted an uh, explanation for it because it was so bizarre. On screen, you're just like, what the hell is wrong with him? He's drawing so much attention to himself. Yeah, he does have a lot of like quirks and mannerisms that are just a little out there. And Uh, bullshit that he ever found the can of embryos that was on the island. (laughs) Bro, bro. Yo, talk about like fan service, bro. Talk about fan service. He had the original. He had the Barbasol can. What? That was lost. On Isla Nublar? You're telling me Dodgson went to Isla Nublar and started raking up the muck to find this can of embryos that may or may not have been there? Silly. It is silly. Because, I mean, that's just one thing. We'll set it aside because I could chew on that bone for like 20 minutes. But You probably could, yeah. I probably could. Um, Anyway, so Laura Dern enlists Sam Neill. Yep. To... Go to Biasin's main headquarters. To be her wingman, basically. Yep. Hey, we need to find proof that they're doing this to the environment, that they're the reason why these locusts are not eating mm-hmm. the Biosyn seed, but, yeah. you know, everything else. So that's why they end up at Biosyn, which is like in right. the Dolomite Mountains Mountain. in Italy. Yep. That's where they're keeping all the dinosaurs because they got an exactly. exclusive contract to keep all the dinosaurs and research them. It's all this, all this craziness. And all then, this exposition. Ian Malcolm is there because he he's there is, like um scientist and resident like he's yeah. a public speaker there and he gives talks. <laughs> yep. And supposedly he's like their voice of dissension like he is there. He keeps them in check. Bullshit. Keeps them in Doesn't check happen. which is no that's not what's going on at okay, all. Okay. So let's switch gears and talk about Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard out in the wilderness. It looks like yes. freaking Yellowstone out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it, I, and I think Chris that's Pratt what is a dinosaur, a dino boy Wrangler. because he's a dinosaur cowboy, but he's not no cows involved. No cows so involved. Dino boy. I don't know. Dino, that's a one way of doing it, but he's definitely wrangling them up. You know, in the in the outskirts of Montana, wherever they are. You know, <laughs> uh, and so they're they're living out in seclusion because that's where they have Macy. They're hiding her. You know, and mm. so they've. Uh, him and Bryce Dallas Howard's character have basically become the parents to this young girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to keep her safe. But of course, you know, as a precocious teen, she's uh, out on know, her bike, Steven Spielberg style. Yep. You know, exploring. going out where she, they told her not to go. Don't go beyond the bridge, but she does it anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, and she's, you know, a little bit of a rebellious. They're teen, absolutely wants to know. the most casual <laughs> I hate to say, but white family living out in the wilderness because they have a raptor as a neighbor and they're totally fine with it. Completely. They have no fear for their lives. No concern whatsoever. They're like, oh, wow, she's nearby. Nope. (laughs) Blue is nearby with her progeny and there's no issue. (laughs) Right. So the reason why Macy is such a 
big part of the plot. And also, Blue, but more actually the baby that uh, Blue has, it's because Blue is able to give birth with no mate. Mm -hmm. Number one. Uh, Gives birth to what they uh, call... Yeah, it's a clone, pretty much. Yeah. And they call her Beta. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what Macy names her. And then Macy is a clone, at least early on is what we're led to believe, that she's just a straight-up clone. And that the reason why they want her is because she is exactly uh, Dr. Lockwood, except without... Any of the imperfections or any of the diseases that Dr. Lockwood had. Yeah. So they're trying, B.D. Wong's character and Biosyn is trying to study their DNA of these two people. How did she get the imperfections out of her DNA? Right. How was she able to do it? How was she able to make this clone of a person? And also, uh, Beta, like how were they able to reproduce without a mate and all this other type of stuff? Like, So they're studying There's both. another sci-fi movie that does this concept better of like fixing humans before they're born and creating a perfect specimen and it's Gattaca ah Gattaca fucking love that movie and it that's does that way better than this movie that's a pretty good movie yeah that's a pretty solid good movie. sci-fi lie. movie definitely watch yes it. it is so so that's the main two plot lines is locusts and a clone and it just it kind of feels Weird. The locust plot line feels weird to me because it doesn't feel like it's that connected with, you know, dinosaurs and everything like that. It's just like its own thing. It's it's its own, you know, side story right. almost. But it's almost like the main plot because like people so much are feeding is dedicated dinosaurs to it. in Central Park and like we're talking about locusts. Right. Like and it doesn't like feel we're so focused on. Oh, they're trying to control the world's food supply. And it's like, I didn't know this is what I was going to watch. <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad thing, but we're spending a lot of time here. Right. Um, I was more interested going into the movie about the whole clone plot line, but they changed that. They retconned that. Mm-hmm. She's not an actual clone. She did have a real mother, and it was Dr. Lockwood who well, gave birth to her. Well, she wasn't some sort of, like test tube baby in the same way that maybe the dinosaurs are considered you know they're interrupting the mitosis or whatever of us um oh my god what's that animal it's the giant egg uh ostrich ostrich why i had it on the tip of my tongue and then it went away ostrich eggs to create the dinosaurs yeah but in her case she just was impregnated with her own clone right that (laughs) you know Basically, and they made this whole big thing of like, you know, she she made you in, you know, in her own womb. Like, it's very no godlike. Yeah, yeah, very it, godlike. It, I mean, this to not only like franchise. not need a man, a, a male, um, you know, it's like immaculate conception kind of deal, and yeah. then a perfect child. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, this entire franchise is about being able to play God. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Of course, they're going to take the logical step of, you know, humans, mm. you know, not just dinosaurs, but humans. Um, they conclude the I don't know if it was fully satisfying that like no. learning about that. I don't think I cared. Well, you didn't care. That's true. I didn't care that much. And neither did uh, Ma- uh, Maisie. Yeah, Maisie. She was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm seeing like raw footage of my own mother. I'm going to set this baby dinosaur loose inside this building so I can get the fuck out of here. Like she did not <laughs> stay to watch the credits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she dipped. <laughs> so She dipped. Yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was interesting at best. At worst, it was incredibly boring. Okay. Totally get you. Mm. All right, so in the movie we have... So now the team is assembled at Biosyn. Yes. And exactly. we're still playing like two towers here because there's two sets of teams. We have Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard trying to get Maisie back because she got stolen. And we have Laura Dern trying to get a sample <laughs> with um, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill playing Wingman. Alan Grant. Well, yeah, Wingman, but Alan Grant. You know what I mean. Wingman. Yeah. <sighs> so... so- we have to bring the teams together at some of point. Of course we do. Yeah. So 
they they meet out in the forest or whatever it is. I don't understand. So let's talk about this because we have a really cool, almost James Bond-esque escape scene on the motorcycle with Chris Pratt getting chased by those ah, yes. dinosaurs. In, and in, like In Malta. Malta? That was really yeah. cool. Yeah, Not you know what? Lie. That was a cool scene. That was a pretty solid sequence. I kind of expected more of like that mm. being in real world settings mm. with dinosaurs. With the dinosaurs like, running amok. Right. So like I was pretty interested in that entire sequence. This is halfway through the movie. Because now there's dinosaur trafficking. Right. Yeah, like, so there's an entire black market of dinosaurs and all this stuff. And then there's, like, dino, uh, you know, cockfighting, pretty much. Uh, So, like, you have these dinosaurs chained up but fighting each other. And then uh, they introduce, like, these enhanced raptors that... That look terrible. They they don't look They have, like, eyebrows? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, they they have have an eyebrow type of, like... And it makes them look mean. So, but the thing is that they're enhanced in the way that if they point a laser at someone, <laughs> that person is locked on to kill by the raptors and the raptors won't stop until they, they kill. So it's a never ending chase for that particular person. Mm-hmm. So, of course, our heroes get <laughs> tagged with this laser. I I had qualms with Bryce Ellis Howard becoming like a Jason Bourne because she's like jumping between oh, buildings jumping the and rooftops crap. of and you're just Malta. Like, what? Where did this come from? Where hey, did this come from? Hey, this woman was the same woman who was able to run full speed in heels. So do not count her out. <laughs> Don't discount uh, her skills at parkour. And exactly. jumping from building to building no, and trying to make it. window jumps. I mean, it's like... A la Jason Bourne. A la yeah. Jason Bourne. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, what? It's right. nuts. But the chase sequence where uh, Chris Pratt is on the bike. He's on the bike, yeah. Really cool. The Raptors like are on full sprint, mm-hmm. like hunting him down. I really enjoyed that. I love when he turns the corner and there's those two bigger dinosaurs like Mm. just roaming around in the town square. Yeah. And he's like trying to avoid them. Like so there's some cool sequences here. I I do wish there would have been more of real world scenario like type of things like where they're dropped into everyday life type of stuff. They had some like footage at the CIA. Yeah, but it was only footage. But. Like, I wish there were more scenarios or, like, more scenes of that. But instead, like, we get just shipped off into the Dolomites. I am, the Dolomites. like, complete opposite of you because I don't care for that footage at all. No, I don't, And I really. don't really care to see, like, real-world application of dinosaurs at all. Oh, yeah. So you and me are completely different yeah. here because I wanted to You're see. You're like, I want to see people, like, driving and then there's a dinosaur or, you know, what have you. And I'm like, no, I right. don't Or more shit. scenarios where Chris Pratt has to outrun a dinosaur, but, like, in a city. You know, like, no. I thought we were going to get more no, of that. No, absolutely not. I really wish that we would have gotten more. I'm a, apparently, I'm a purist because I just want them in I seclusion on some sort of, like, nah, natural dude. Like, Please. that feels boring to me because we've seen it so many times already. I don't want to see... In every movie. A every movie, they're in a jungle. Running up, you know... They're in a in jungle Times in every Square movie. Or something. I don't that's what see I was. That's what I... Well, <laughs> not Times Square, but you know what I mean? Like, in a city or whatever, or in a, in a suburban, you know, community. No, no we got some of that in Jurassic... Um, what was it? Lost World. That wasn't enough. Like, and it that, sucked. They I barely did any... They barely the did anything The dinosaur eating the dog and the dog's, the doghouse is like hanging out of his mouth. Like, yeah. I don't care. They I hate it. They barely did any of it. So that's why I was like, I thought we were going to get more of that. Yeah. So, uh, so that part was a disappointment to me that we didn't get more of that. Um, wow. Yeah. We're so different on that. Yeah. We are very different. Very on different that. on that. Yeah. Wow. Because. Okay. Yeah. So that sequence was a positive. Yes. You know what? I will say the first half of the movie took a while to ramp up because once Maisie gets kidnapped and Beta get kidnapped, then the action starts to ramp up and you start to get a little more invested and you're like, okay, now the plot's going. Yeah. This movie's kind of long. It's two and a half hours. It is long. (laughs) Um, You know, you could probably trim some stuff here and there Mm. to like tighten it up. Yeah, I kind of Because there are sequences that just feel a little long. A lot of talking, 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 talking. Yeah, you can jump into. 
one thing I will say, this is just a nitpick by me, is that whenever they would present a new location and like put the, you know, the font up of that location, that it font. just felt, yeah, the font, the font and, didn't go. No, it looked, it looked like a Jason Bourne font, like, you know, a typewriter kind of serious on, font. And you're like, honestly, what? it looked like something like somebody found like on Adobe. And I was like, yeah, this is good enough. I can't believe we're agreeing on the most minute thing. The it's font. a very dumb thing. Yeah. But I every literally time they turned show to it, my sister and I was like, I hate that font. It doesn't go. Yeah. Why would Malta, they use that and font? It's just like, Ugh. yeah. I don't like the way it went looks. for the original Jurassic like, Park movie, but it doesn't go for Jurassic World. No, like why couldn't they use like something updated like the Jurassic World font? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Use your own font. Anyway, that's just a very dumb nitpick by Ooh, me. Okay. Wow. Uh, but okay. I agree with that. Okay. So anyway, uh, I don't like movie. how they ejected Bryce Ellis Howard out of the plane. They were like, we're like we're the gonna way crash. the camera. Oh, no, no. I love the shot. I just okay. I, the logistics of it. They were like, you have to get oh, to her okay. before us. We're going to crash. Blah, blah, blah. You have to make it to the compound and v- get Maisie back. And I was like, well, I think it's because he thought maybe they would make even, it. There was no way that she was going to make it to Maisie and like find her in that compound. She just got ejected. There was a that's in and of itself is a Jurassic Park three reference because of the kid that's went parasailing and he had to like make it. Right. In the wilds by himself. And they basically toss Bryce Dallas Howard in that same situation. Right. This movie is full of callbacks. For yeah. Sure. Now, I will say I did like that dino on dino fight that she was like in the middle of. Oh. Because it was because they were saying there's another dinosaur in there that we got like a full intact like DNA strand. We didn't substitute anything. It's basically raw from the Cretaceous period or whatever. We just plopped it in there and that's its territory. And we see it asleep before. Yes. Now we see it awake. It looks like it has major cataracts or it's blind. Yeah, it doesn't look like it can see. And it looks very bird-like. It has like feathers, I think. Yeah, it has feathers. And it has giant claws. So it was going after some, I think it was like a bush, like some greenery. And it slashed at at an innocent deer that was there and and killed it. Yep. We were laughing so hard because we were like, my God, how aggressive do you have to be? Like the deer wasn't doing anything. How could it not like understand that it was there? Because Claire was making little to no noise and it was still picking up on her. It had to have known the deer was there. Exactly. So it was like killing things and not eating them because it's not a carnivore. It was like nuts. What was the name of the giant ass dinosaur? I mean, I just feel like calling it giant ass dinosaur, <laughs> but the like the Gigasaurus or ooh, um, there I was a know. name that they were giving to this uh, dinosaur, the the new one, like supposedly the biggest carnivore on Earth, is what they plopped into it, and so they made a reference of like halfway through the movie when the two of them kind of like face off, the T Rex and the gigasaurus if i'm if i'm saying it right um they're you know they're both apex predators predators but you know not for long because only one of them only one of them the truth yeah yeah they were like wow they put two apex predators in the same valley i wonder what that's gonna do (laughs) like yeah it's like yeah check offs um apex predators (laughs) (laughs) giganotosaurus don't That's hurt what yourself. It's Don't hurt no, yourself. No, I know, I know. And then the bird-like one was the Therizina. Oof. Oh God. Therizinosaurus. Therizinosaurus. There we go. There you go. Oof. Those are some tough ones. Um. <laughs> so yeah, the apex predator I did subplot like the bird-like one back. a lot because it just yeah. seemed so out of pocket for the it dinosaurs really that we had seen. Really I was like, did. yes, I want more like strange ass raw dinosaurs that like have no business in this world. Like they look very bird-like. Exactly. So we get, we get a showdown. We get a showdown. Between, Let them fight. <laughs> Let them fight. So between the Giga versus the T-Rex. <laughs> the Giga. <laughs> the Giga. Yeah. So we get them and 
basically the Giga kind of gets the upper hand and it looks like right, it but kills then the, the T-Rex. Um, dinosaur yes. comes in and he's like comes tags in. tags in. My favorite yeah. part was that the bird was kind of like, "What are you looking at?" And then started like, it, his fighting technique was hysterical to me because yes, he was just was. going like this, like just waving his arms in front just of him manically. Because it's just got like we called him Edward Scissorhands actually, like between yeah, me, because it's me like and my these long claws. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Edward Scissorhands was just like ugh, like frantically waving about his arms and actually doing it like holding his own against the giant dinosaur the giga yeah was doing well yeah. and then all of a sudden lady was t-rex that the t-rex music that i hear <laughs> the t-rex comes back yeah and all of a sudden he is uh surrounded on both sides yes until the t-rex basically like just like rams him yeah. from the side and then right into the bird's claws right through the throat. Yeah, he got skewered by Edward. Got him. So fun way to end that. Uh, it was battle. kind of like it was funny. I found it very funny. The fight. Yeah, yeah it was especially when the bird comes out. Yeah, just like like kind of like minding its own business, but then looks around and is like, "What's what? going on over here?" <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. It's like what? <laughs> he has like that weird? like, <laughs> like dumbfounded look on its face. Like, yeah. what's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is <laughs> we like pan over and do a little zoom on him and he's like seriously did you call me <laughs> <laughs> did you call me so okay so okay um, but that we skipped to the end there was um that scene of the really feathered dinosaur that looked like almost um Ra- very raptor like it was about that size oh and yeah, it yeah. was like stalking them on the ice because of course their plane crashes onto a frozen lake yeah no of course i had an absolute moment when that thing was like stalking them and like breaking the ice and like bobbing its head and then it broke some ice and you were like oh good it's gonna fall in the water psych it dove in the water and when it did that Dewanda Weiss goes, nope, and like turns and runs. And at the very same time, me and my sister said, nope, at the exact same time that she did. And it was such perfect timing. But I, I mean, it was actually quite a good sequence because it yeah. seemed to have the upper hand. And, you know, they had to like run across ice. And it reminded me when they had to, they got into an elevator, I think, and they had to pull down the cage on it. And it yeah. reminded me of Lex in the kitchen trying to pull down the, I, what was it, like a door like or the, something? The service tray door yeah. type thing, yeah. Doing the same, like, motion, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a callback, and yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was good. I like that sequence good. a lot. That was a good sequence. Dilophosaurus coming in hot in this movie. With the uh, the spitting dinosaur, yep, the spitting that dinosaur. one had a major, was like a major player as a yeah, and it got it, it, a very nice sequence at the very end. Yeah, did you um, crack up when um, Chris Pratt grabbed it by the neck? By the neck, because it's like they're first of all, apparently they're pack hunters, right? Which is weird because in the original it was just one, and he was, it was like, just one, you know, doing damage on Nedry. In this one, they're all ganging up on Claire, and you think, oh my God, she's about to get spit on, which there's no reason why she shouldn't have been spit on. They were hesitating for nothing. But anyway, yeah. convenient plot. Playing with their food. Playing with their food. And Chris Pratt comes out of nowhere and grabs the thing by its neck and rips off some of its uh, um, fan. Yep. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I laughed so hard in the theater when he did that. It was so surpri- not surprising. It was just, oh, I just found it hilarious. I found it hilarious. Boom! It like grabs it by his neck. Just grabs it by the neck. Uh, we also get the interaction where when the two groups unite is when they run into the Giganotosaurus. Stop. <laughs> and, you know, that's where we get, you know, uh, Alan Grant and... Owen Grady is like, don't move. And like, they both say it at the same time. Like, it's okay. That's fine. And they're trying to make the escape and get out of there and everything. And then once they 
uh, are able to ward off the dinosaurs when we get the swell of the old music. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, you know, little things like that. Um, I, I think we could kind of like basically skip to this end. Because I think that the end. <sighs> I so I don't know what's going to happen with Biasin because the United Nations declares the Biasin Valley is what they call it. Uh, a dinosaur sanctuary. So all the dinosaurs that were living there now, that's their home now, you know, and uh, protected for them. Then Dr. Grant and uh, Dr. Sadler are doing uh, testimonies in Washington about everything. Well, I just think that Dodgson setting fire to the entire valley is like one. It felt like you're scrolling on Facebook and then somebody all of a sudden has shared an FML post. (laughs) It felt like an FML post. Like he's just like, well, I tried to control the world's food supply and I created these giant locusts and, but then I wanted to (laughs) destroy the evidence. So I set them on fire. And anyway, I set fire to an entire ecological preserve (laughs) in Italy and my business went under. (laughs) And <laughs> my business went under. Wow. Within about an hour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, yeah. or, you know, that old meme, Bad Luck Brian? Uh, bad Luck. Bad Luck Brian uh, is like this kid with braces and he looks like kind of a nerd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And bad Luck Brian. Bad Luck Brian. So I was like, oh, Bad Luck Brian. <laughs> wow, Dodson. Oh, God. Okay. Did you like Ramsey Cole, the dude that was um, helping out Malcolm and the crew get clearance in and out of the place? I thought he was fine. He was like, I'm not you talking to Dodgson because Dodgson was like, I gave you every opportunity I didn't have. You're like me, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm not like you. It felt very like I'm throwing away your dream, Dad. Well, I did. But, But I mean... There's no real connection. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't enough development there to have a line like that to merit it. But Mm -hmm. like him as a character helping out our characters, not bad. Not bad. All right. So. Other than that, I mean, the movie, I mean, we've kind of gone through all the major things in this movie. Also, Dodgson got killed by the same Dilophosaurus. Yes, it did. That killed Nigeria. Three of them. Three of them ganged up on him. Yeah, they ganged up again because apparently now they hunt as a as pack. A pack. <laughs> uh, so they they really just went at him. BD Wong redeems himself at the end. Yes, because he, he does. fixes the locust situation. Right, and he By does this like <laughs> he's st- <laughs> because he's standing in a field. Yep, a cornfield. Of cornfield, which is very interstellar, and then he. <laughs> There is a mass of locusts that just rise from the background that you didn't know were in the field. And they start doing like almost like a, a pattern in the sky. I think it's like a murmuring. It's called a murmuring. Yeah. And he lifts his arms up like Shawshank style in the yep. middle of this field. And I started cracking up. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm finding these things just so funny, but man. The choices, the choices. <laughs> the choices of the movie are, are, are pretty funny. Uh, they are pretty funny. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the end of this movie? Uh, not really. I think the movie kind of ends. Oh, um, oh the romance between Ellie Sattler and Alan yeah, Grant. That's the last thing I was going to mention. Okay, what would you yeah, want to say so about it? I immediately thought of you. And the reason why is because in my head I thought, I don't think Jessica's gonna like this. Yeah, I, d- right. I don't. I was right. I don't. I knew it. The fact. Okay, it. so if I'm, I don't have such a gut reaction to it, but in general, I don't like it because I don't like the idea that <laughs> Alan Grant has been digging out in the desert for twenty years, pining after Ellie Sattler, who's since gotten married and had a family and has her own life and career, like. You're telling me it hasn't gotten over it in 20 years? She's the one that got away? She's the one that got away. I didn't like it at all. I was like, what? Man, you don't believe in love. 
I do, but like he's it's like didn't bring as genuine for me. He's like, this is something that has that was started in that movie. Like that movie, I'm surprised that they didn't end up like together in that movie uh, in the the first first movie. movie. Oh, in the first movie. Like I'm surprised. Looking back at it now, I'm surprised that they didn't like set up like the true romantic because there was like you know there was something there. Between the two. There was, there was definitely a flirtation between them. Yes. And a mutual respect between them. Yes. And I just, I honestly didn't see it lasting. Yeah, I totally, I totally Mostly because it. she wanted children and he didn't. He fundamentally did not want children. And at the end of the movie, she is in the helicopter, like staring at him with the kids lying on top of him sleeping. And she's like, oh, look, he's grown as a person through this tragedy because now he's okay with kids. And that's how we leave it off. I don't think that's, again, I don't don't know why. I just don't see them together. And it might be because she almost seems like um, a mentee to him. You know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. <clears throat> I have ill feelings toward large age gaps. And it's not that I knew that there was a 20, age, er, 20 year age gap between them like there is now. That's like flying all over Twitter. Like, oh, did you know that there was a 20 year age gap? Whatever. I just think that there was also that vibe that there was. He was like her professor maybe at some point. Or, and I don't like that. We don't know that. There's no, I'm making it up in my head. This is my story that yeah, I have that, created that's in my That's your head. problem. Okay, it is my problem. You're, that you're making up something that the, the movie never said anything like that. That does not negate the yes, fact it does. that yes, I it does. dislike this romance. Because of something you made up in your own head. Yeah, exactly. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that is insane to me. Hey, the movie never implies this, but I'm going to make it up in my head, and that's why I don't like it. That's yeah, I'm so reading the tea ridiculous. leaves, and that's my The tea leaves my don't read that way. Oh God, oh they do not. Why are you getting so upset? Because I'm because not even that. Because it's so ridiculous oh to God. make something up in your head and then be mad about that reason. <laughs> this is not the way to get me to get behind this romance also. No, that's fine because you, I know you're also, not going to get behind you it. You haven't stated your case, so state your case. You're not going to get behind it. That's fine. So I know that I'm not going to be able okay, to win you over. Why are you, but buy, what I why are you buying stock in, in Sattler and Grant? Because the, the first movie does lay out, you know, like an actual, you know, there is flirtation between the two of these characters mm-hmm. and the two characters seem to want to be together. And yes, there was that fundamental like thing in the middle, that rift, that that what that is what was stopping them from being together. But the movie kind of gives Alan Grant that growth of maybe it's possible that he wants kids now, you know, following with the sequels, whatever it, Things can change and everything like that. But the way that movie ends, the first movie, does end with almost like maybe that rift has possibly, you know, gotten out of the way. Yeah, we're stating, for the, them sa- to we're be- stating the same thing so far. Right. So right there, you can make a case that, hey, maybe these two will end up together. Now, the rest of the movies don't don't allow that to happen. They, you know, Jurassic Park Ellie's 3, Adler, she's married. Yep, no she's longer married. doing paleontology. Right. She does her own thing. And then, you know, Grant is still stuck in dinosaurs and, you know, being part of all that. He's the old but, ways. He's out in right. the desert. He's, but you know. that does not mean that, you know, he stopped caring for her. That doesn't mean that he doesn't realize that that could have been the one. You know, and so then this movie, you know, kind of draws into it. That's why he joins her like. He was so happy about joining her on this. Like, he wasn't even that reluctant about, you know, joining her in the cause. Because he, you know, there. it's not just the interest of learning about what was happening, but more about being with her as well. So, that's why I was I was cool with it. And I, I don't see I any problem. I think that I'd like to give Alan Grant a little more credit than just he's like... This unrequited love. You know what I'm saying? People can have that I, years later. 
People can have that years later. All right, fine. Agree to disagree on this romance, but I don't even care. Like, I don't care that much. You, you're like poking me to like say something, and I'm like, well, I don't really like it, and you're like getting really upset about it. Nope. What really upset me is when you started like putting this. When I said I I built something in my head, and I don't like it. That's what. That's what set me off. Not. Not (laughs) that you don't like it. What. What you said about I built this thing in my head. And that's why I don't like it. The movie never said it, but I built it in my head, so that's why I don't like it. So that's what set me. That's what set me off. That part. So this is almost as bad as when I said I didn't like when Harry met Sally after they. I got was together. just about to bring that up. I was just about to bring that up. Just, it's not as bad as of a take <laughs> as that one, but it's still not great. It's still not great. That's still probably your worst take. Oh come on. You've had you've had takes. <laughs> But that's probably your worst one. All right. All right. Anything else you <laughs> not, want to say? Not about? this one. That one. Uh, no, I have nothing else to say about this movie. Um, you know, again, a decent time at the theater. And coming up next week, we will be visiting the past yet again. But, you know, they are making changes. Going to space. To going to space this time around. And we'll be watching Lightyear. From Pixar, the first Pixar movie in theaters in a while, because the last couple have just been thrown on Disney Plus. So the last three have been thrown on Disney Plus. That's uh, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Hmm. There's something, something there. Something fishy, especially with those particular three characters. Um, And now Lightyear coming back. So Chris Evans is the voice of the real Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> he was just on Jimmy Fallon trying to describe the tweet that he sent out when that first trailer dropped. Um, and, you know, he was trying to figure out how to say it and everything. It was so funny hearing it. We'll talk about that uh, <laughs> next week, though. But if this is your first time listening, uh, thank you. Also, <laughs> sorry for us, like, getting into, <laughs> like, a spat right in there the in the middle. last 10 minutes. <laughs> right there in the last couple of minutes. But if you did enjoy, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars on both of those platforms goes a long way for us. If you want to let us know your thoughts, you can always check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. So on all the socials, we are at AlwaysCriticPod. And finally, if you've done everything, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support on the show. You can check us out on the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. So that is all for this episode. My name is Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.